0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Anthony Pudlow, the Vice President of Professional Affairs with the Iowa Pharmacy Association, and thanks for listening in to uh, this month's uh, Board of Pharmacy podcast series, the What, Why, and How of the recent uh, Board of Pharmacy meeting that occurred um, here in January 2017. So, Happy New Year to everybody. I'm actually joined here today by both Andrew Funk, the Executive Director at the Board of Pharmacy, and Jennifer O'Toole with the Board of Pharmacy compliance staff. So, we had quite a busy, actually, Actually, a, a busy board of pharmacy meeting today. Um, despite actually not too much being on the agenda, I think there was just a lot of active dialogue. And what I wanted to do is really start off um, by just allowing Andrew to to share with us um, some of the points that were brought up. Um, one of the agenda items on every board of pharmacy meeting is a report from the executive director. And Andrew had a lot to share with the board of pharmacy today, with different changes going on, just with staff and the current board, and even some other things that I would hope uh, Andrew can share. So. Andrew, uh, I think one of the points that I really wanted to have people learn more about, I think, is kind of an exciting point, that being something that the board's been working on for quite a while, that being a new database um, for licensure and renewal requests. Um, Could you share what you shared with the board today about what is occurring um, or what you guys are seeing on your end for a, a new database?
1: Yes, absolutely. This has been a long time coming. Um, this is very exciting, uh, exciting here at the board office, and, and hopefully for our licensees and, and registrants as well. Uh, we have never had a database that would permit online renewals of licenses and registrations, and we had recently been given the green light by one of uh, one of the bureau or the the uh, uh, OCIO to um, proceed with an RFP to get a to get some responses back. Um, Four databases that would 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 suit our needs. And go ahead.
0: Uh, so, so that would be an RFP process to look at other potential vendors to help with yeah with what the board's needs are.
1: Yeah. So the there there were we, the state had approved contracts for um, for database vendors that uh, there were only two, and we, we felt as though uh, those those two vendors were not reasonable as far as what they could do and and what they were planning to charge. Uh, So we've we've been requesting to seek outside um, vendors, and that's where we are now. So we've been just recently given the approval to do that.
0: Okay. Within that RFP, I know you can't get into all the details, but what would you expect would be the go-live date or the the time frame for when maybe uh, pharmacists, technicians, and students in the state might be able to utilize such of a a new database?
1: Yeah, looking into the crystal ball, uh, (laughs) uh, I would, uh, you know, if every Everything, everything lines up properly. And, again, it's going to be up to the vendors. Each vendor may yeah. have a different implementation time frame. But uh, we, there's been some talk about doing a kind of a step, stepwise approach for implementation where we may um, begin with, say, technicians and interns and, and then sort of roll it out to pharmacies and pharmacists. But ultimately uh, our hope is that this, um, this software will be fully uh, implemented and, uh, and fully ready to go by the renewal period 2018.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Excellent news. For pharmacists. Yes. Well, then I I also know you shared some uh, information with the board um, that I think would be important for people to understand is that there might be some changes coming to the members of the Board of Pharmacy, um, just either because of their terms or other things going on. Could you maybe um, talk about what maybe you shared with the board about that?
1: Sure. Um, (laughs) We've got seven board members here. We have five that are pharmacist members, and then we have two that are public members. Um, They each serve uh, three-year terms. They're allowed to serve three terms total after each of the three years, um, they need to reapply for reappointment. And the governor then uh, takes a look at those applications and decides whether or not they want to reappoint. So right now, we have two members that are um, that are up for reappointment. Uh, that's uh, our current board chair Jim Miller, and then our uh, one of our public members, Ladonna Gracious. Both both members are are uh, uh, in a position to be to be uh, reappointed for the next cycle, which begins May first. Um, most recently, our other public member, Kay Jessen, has resigned her position. Um, she has some, uh, some personal uh, and, and um, um, work, work-related issues that she needs to attend to and was not aware of the, uh, the full-time commitment that was required to be a, to be a board member.
0: Yeah, that's too bad. I know um, Kay Justin. For those not familiar with her, she has uh, she's a nurse a nurse by training and has um, actually a decent understanding of the profession mm-hmm. of pharmacy. So she was really, I think, in my brief time, able to really add some great insight um, to the board as a as a public member, not having that that pharmacist background. So we'll have to see then what happens, what comes forward with the governor's next appointments for those that are choosing to be reappointed or asking to be reappointed, as well as now this open position um, for for K um, and then finally I know there was some uh, discussion on changes in the board staff could you maybe speak to that or Jen could you maybe highlight um, what Andrew and Maya spoke about yeah we'll go with Andrew yeah, yeah.
1: so um, we we've had uh, we've had some 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 things come to our attention that um, that that really we're, we're needing some additional staff to help help manage some of our programs here internally um, Mainly the PMP, uh, we saw that as a it's a great tool for um, for our pharmacists, for our prescribers, um, and and I think uh, prior to prior to now we we really didn't have a staff member who was dedicated strictly to the PMP. So um, we had the board, we had requested a had requested a pharmacist to um, to be in the, to be fully dedicated to the PMP, uh, and our compliance officer Jennifer, Jennifer Tiffany has taken that position. And so we we will eventually have another um, compliance officer position that will be open um, in in the near future.
0: Perfect, perfect. And then was there maybe some potential changes with the IMP three program and how that might be administered by the board staff or yeah. could you maybe
1: speak to that yet or is that too soon to, to talk no, about? No, no, no. So um Back in July 2016, we had uh, we had transitioned from IPRN to IMP3 um, with with a a sort of a memorandum of understanding with the Board of Medicine that would would allow them to assist us with the management of the program and that would include intake of uh, review of of uh, um, reports and uh, outreach to initial outreach to self reports and so on. Uh, That that program has has uh, uh, really become um exceedingly difficult for the board of medicine to to help manage they uh, we, we've had a, a number of of licensees and, and registrants that um, that have self reported as well as have been referred to from our um, licensing department, and they just haven't had the uh, amount of time that they that they need to dedicate specifically even to to their own program. Mm-hmm. so they'd asked to transition that back over to board staff to manage. Um, Jennifer O'Toole, our compliance officer, is, is uh, heading that up uh, currently, and uh, the Board of Medicine will still be available for a consultation role. Gotcha.
0: That's that's um, great to hear too. I know with that transition that occurred with the I, from the program um, um, handled by IPRN to now IMP3, that one big push was really to make sure we had more self reports. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's just been such a great influx of, of need that yep. now um, it'll be great to see some of the uh, board staff really be able to help own that process further. So. Yep. Um, well, perfect. Well, I think otherwise, I know the agenda was kind of uh, somewhat uh, busy with different types of requests and, and, and some requests for waivers, but then also I know I wanted to start with a request that was on the agenda for for prompt attention, actually. Um, I know it was a request that came forward, and, and bear with me, I, I have a list of groups here, but it came from the National Narcotics uh, Officers Association Coalition, the National Association of Drug Division Investigators, and the National Association of, Chain, or of, excuse me, of State Controlled Substance Authorities. Um, and it was in reference to the, the medication epidialects. I know the issues around uh, medical cannabis and whatnot have uh, brought a lot of uh, light onto the Board of Pharmacy in recent years. But um, this, prompt, this notice for this request for prompt attention um, I think brought forward some um, interesting dialogue um, that that the board had discussions on, and so um, I don't know if Andrew, you want to kind of just speak to what that request was about, and and really what the board's um, take was on that request.
1: Yeah, so um, th- this revolves around the product that's currently, I believe, in phase three clinical trials, the Epidiolex product, which is the um, CBD uh, oil, and currently that that is considered a Schedule One. Uh, by the DEA, and of course, by the state of Iowa as well. And so um, the, the the request is, or, or the, the the issue is is that if this product does gain FDA approval, well then of course, it still wouldn't be legal for pharmacies to dispense it because federally it would be listed as a, as a as a uh, uh, schedule one um, medication. So at that point, the DEA, uh, I believe, has either sixty or 90 days to review um, that product and make a determination whether or not they need to to amend that scheduling of that specific piece that's in that FDA approved drug. Sure. Uh, at that point, then of course we've got a conflict between DEA or federal red, um, federal designation and state designation. Um, the board. It sounds as though uh, through today's uh, request for uh, uh, that Anthony had alluded to, um, they there is a, a process in place that if we do. Uh, if the product does get FDA approval and the EA does grant um, schedule two um, classification to that product that they it sounds as if they would follow their their traditional emergency action for rescheduling.
0: Yeah. So it seemed like this request was trying to potentially put that issue further in front of the the minds of the board, but I think what I heard is that, yes, you're right, the board already has a process when when the DEA does already at their jurisdiction make those changes that the board has emergency ability to um, work with the legislature to get those um, medications rescheduled so it could be easily dispensed um, um, per per Iowa law. Correct. Perfect. Otherwise, I know there's just a lot of other types of um, requests for waivers, and maybe, Jen, you could kind of speak to, to this. Um, I know the board either had requests for waivers of specific areas of the board rules or maybe requests for um, a lot of different things. Um, and, and I just want to make sure that um, the, the listeners on this podcast understand that process. And, and yes, it's my understanding, too, there, there is obviously a whole chapter there in the Board of Pharmacy rules on how to go about um, receiving or uh, requesting a waiver of rules. Um, but could you maybe speak to some of the dialogue that the Board of Pharmacy has when these waiver requests come in? What is kind of considered by the board when they are trying to approve these requests? Do they look at the history of how they've looked at these things before? Do they take other matters into consideration?
2: Absolutely. The requests that we heard today, some of them were requesting um their CE hours be used. Some of them are requesting to retake exams. Those are just straightforward requests based on the individual. The other type of requests we have are requests for waivers. And a request for waiver is asking, basically asking the board to waive one of their rules so that it fits the needs of the pharmacy. Um, The waivers usually um, come in from various, uh, pharmacy entities. Uh, most recently, recently we had many requests in for the the new 797 restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get requests, actually, uh, based on uh, an inspection that a compliance officer may have been in a pharmacy, found something that wasn't quite following our rule, but felt that maybe that process was a safe and and good process. So the pharmacy then could apply to the board for a waiver of our rules so that they can continue this good process. The board is able to waive only their own rules. So only the Board of Pharmacy Regulations. Yeah. Anything in statute, the board can't waive. So the authority of the board to grant waivers is only for the Board of Pharmacy rules. Uh, there is a waiver request form on our website. Uh, if a waiver is, is, if you wish to uh, submit a waiver, uh, the waivers requests need to be complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need they can't have partial answers. They need to be full and complete, and every answer, uh, every question answered, um, for it to be considered by the board.
0: So I think what I've I've also seen and heard from our members, too, and other pharmacists around the state is this is where definitely the compliance officers can really help. So as you alluded to, sometimes these requests for waivers may come as a suggestion from the compliance staff. Um, So I know you guys can be a a really great resource if a pharmacy is kind of struggling to figure out what they put in each um, separate line item of that form.
2: Absolutely. And the... if we receive, the board receives many waiver requests on the same rule, then that rule is then looked at by the rules committee uh, to amend that rule to allow this, uh, the practice that is, uh, many that many waivers have been submitted for.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I know one of the requests for waivers um, today, actually, it wasn't approved, it wasn't necessarily even denied for that matter, um, what ended up happening that I saw is that the pharmacy that had requested this waiver actually in the end re- re- withdrawn um, their request. Um, could you maybe speak to why something like that might happen?
2: Sure. Many times things that happen and things that go on in a pharmacy might not necessarily fit in our rule very Nicely or perfectly, might be a little bit on the edge of wondering if that is really uh, a, a task that's allowed or something that's allowed by the board rules. So uh, they had submitted a waiver request thinking that what they were doing was not following, well, it was not within board rule. However, upon uh, review of that waiver request, it was uh, decided that what they were doing actually was within the rules. Mm-hmm. so in that instance they don't deny the request they um, or they will deny the request um, because there's no need to grant a waiver. so in that instance that w- is a good example of when a, re- a request would be denied or with be withdrawn.
0: yeah so it basically has to I, th- I think what I saw today is that it basically has to be withdrawn. Um so yeah, that I, I think it was actually great to kinda see um what I saw was that, you know, it was really the board of pharmacy members actually really have an active dialogue about the interpretation, uh, their own interpretation of that rule that they had written, and and really what the pharmacy's request was. So it was kind of great to see the dialogue not just between the board, um, the board of pharmacy members, but then also with that pharmacy to better understand um, what they were trying to accomplish with that request. So
2: absolutely, the um, the different views on our rules. Our rules are. are- Part of them are very gray, and so you can have a different view mm-hmm. on those. And, and that's why these waiver requests really do lead to great dialogue. Great.
0: Well, I think that's kind of all I wanted to leave for today. I know it was really a great meeting. It really, I think there was just also a lot of different dialogue that, um, that was coming forward as obviously we look forward to a, a pretty active legislative session, too. I know we talked a lot about that on the last podcast, so I'll leave that topic alone. But otherwise, I want to thank Andrew and Jennifer for their time today. It was really a great, um, great Board of Pharmacy meeting. Um, so I want to thank everybody again for listening in. And uh, please note also, I know I, at the last podcast I had, re- uh, I had mentioned that these um, podcast series, while yes, to listen to the podcast is free of charge and that's open to anybody, um, for 2017 we had already worked now to accredit the entire podcast series. For um, continuing education as pharmacy law education, um, that is, as if you are a current IPA member, that um, CE fee for that is waived. Um, and those, those opportunities to obtain CE now um, exist in your, pro, in your profile underneath your portfolio online uh, under education. If you are not an IPA member, first of all, I would encourage you to be an IPA member. But then secondly, I would say um, for anybody that isn't, the, the CE credit can be purchased through the CEI website. So in the sense that we have six... Podcast series throughout the throughout the whole year. Um, that package for, in a sense, an hour and a half of pharmacy law CE is a charge of twenty dollars to have access to all of those. So, um, for more information on that, you can go directly onto the uh, CEI website, which is www go to CEI.org. Um, all the information actually will be uploaded um, within 24 to 48 hours after this recording happening. So you should be able to access and obtain um, your CE credit um, for this recording, which would just be for, um, for a 15-minute increment or uh, a quarter of an hour um, credit. So thank you again for everybody for listening to this, uh, this Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast, and have a great rest of your day.